Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. Nuggets Nation, you're listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Now, here's your hosts, the Denver Stiffs. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. We are back again. Uh, we took a week off last week, but we are we are back. Uh, I am Zach Mikosh, of course, with DenverStiffs.com. Make sure to check us out on the web. Also, check us out on Twitter at DenverStiffs. Check us out on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs, And check out our Facebook page. You're going to want to like that. Uh, that way you can catch. We do a lot of content on Facebook specifically that you don't won't really get anywhere else, uh, whether on the site or other social media sites. Also kind of the same with Instagram. So you want to check those places out. Um, to get that unique content. Uh, with that said, like I said, we are back. We missed last week. I apologize. We had some audio issues, and we we tried to we tried to edit it and make it work, and it just got too chopped up. So we had to we had to scrap it. Um, so let me let me apologize for that. Otherwise, uh, I am recording live today from Fort Collins, Colorado, which means if I'm going to do that, I'm going to bring on an all CSU Rams cast which is what we have done once again this week. And so without further ado, let me introduce my two co-hosts. First, all the way out in Los Angeles, Mr. Mike Olson. Mike, what's going on? Hey, Zach. How are you, buddy? I am, uh, well, now, recording issues aside that we just, if, for all everybody listening, we already did the intro once, and then I forgot to hit the record button. So other than that, I'm hey, doing this, great. This, 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 this is very much, it's, it's like our Christopher Nolan intro. I, this all feels very familiar to me, you know, so um, I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited you're in Fort Collins. Um, I, I, you know, I, you know that uh, I I love that town, and uh, one of my favorite places there is going away. Uh, so uh, it's 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 time for it's time for you to bite the bullet, man, and go get some pizza for all of us because I'm not going to make it back in time. So that's right. Yes, of course, Mike. You're talking about Panhandler's Pizza, a place where. Where both of us um, spent uh, our, our our earlier years slaving a little, a little away. too much time, yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> slaving away over a hot pizza oven. Um, that is, of course, we were we're sad to hear. Panhandlers is going to close their doors. They're actually the building that they're in is getting um, torn down, and in in place of it, I'm sure will be more student apartments. But um, so they instead of uh, the owner instead of instead of trying to go through a move. Um, he, he just said, you know what, I'm, I'm 63. I'm ready to retire. Let's, let's call it quits, which, um, which is a shame because they are, they're very, they've been very successful. Their longest pizza, uh, pizza shop open here in Fort Collins and they are still booming, man. I went down there last Saturday to try and get some pizza and it, uh, it was not happening. I, there was me, I think they had maybe like two, two pies left, uh, in, in the freezer. So we will, I will try again. One of the things I love most about you, Zach, is you're so good with stats that you know the age of the owner of Panhandler's Pizza. You are, you are a badass, man. That is just that is awesome. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I uh, no, I was I was I saw it in the in the paper, and I was like, huh. I um, you know, I figured John's John's doing pretty good for for sixty yeah. right, man. And he had a good run, which means when you think about it, he bought that thing back in the seventies. So back in the late seventies. So yeah, he's been running that thing almost forty years. He probably bought that. He bought that as a young man. Now he's going to retire. So, congrats, awesome. congrats to John and, and Panhandlers Pizza. We are going to miss them. Um, we are not a Panhandlers Pizza podcast, however. So I am. We're not. <laughs> but could we be? We should we, be. Oh, should, that's oh, not. Gosh. Sorry, never mind. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, it will be good for right. one more month. Um, exactly. <laughs> anyways, so our other our other co-host, who of course has never been to Panhandlers Pizza, which has almost got her barred now from the podcast. <laughs> that would be Kayla Osby live from Littleton. Kayla, what's going on? Not much. Just thinking of when I should get up to Fort Collins to to go. It's right. You got to do it, Kayla. Yeah. Got to happen. 
like I said, try yeah, and, I get, go up try and get there midday. Of course, right? I, just, I mean, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but uh, when I left Fort Collins, um, I think I, I, I instantly started missing it, and it took me it took me about five years, and then I, I basically moved back to the area because it's just uh, it's just one of the best places to be in Colorado, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I love that town. I really do. It is getting crazy though. It is, um, and there's just like everywhere they're building stuff all the time. So, a lot of bodies. Yep, absolutely. Um, anyways, the Denver Nuggets. How about we? We'll try and talk yeah, a little bit. Let's, about Let's that. talk about basketball before everybody <laughs> shuts this up. podcast. <laughs> no, um, well, the, we we got to stretch out our intros because once again, uh, it is it is a pretty light week in terms of content and what's going on. We're like we are in the dead of the off season right now. It's a- basketball um, desert right now right exactly exactly but there is one big thing that happened of course over the week and that was that the nuggets have unveiled their new jerseys kind of new pseudo new um obviously a big switch on the road jerseys going to navy so we'll get into that uh we saw the national tv schedule come out for christmas and for opening week the nuggets were not part of any of it so we'll we'll gripe about that uh we're gonna talk expansion teams i know we've talked about that in the past but um I got Mike and Kayla here, and so I wanted to get their opinions on it. So, um, Also, we did a mock draft over on SB Nation, a mock expansion draft, so we can talk a little bit about that. And then finally, the rookie, uh, I think it's the Rookies Transition Conference, something like that. I don't know. Anyways, all the rookies are over in, uh, I believe it's New York, so we figured good as time as any. We'll, we'll kind of break down what we think about uh, Tyler Lydon and Monty Morris, what we we're expecting from them this season. And then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Rookie of the Year if we get some time. So that'll that'll be it. That'll be the whole show. Um, I guess we'll we'll just dive right in. Uh, Mike, I'll I'll ask you first. The 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 big I called it the pivot to Navy uh, on the jerseys. Are you are you a fan of Navy? I I, I am, um, but that's that's just personally uh, for for uh, sadly about you know ninety percent of my closet too. But um, <laughs> so this is going to work out well for me. I'll be I'll be buying one of these jerseys yes. for sure. Um, but, but, uh, I, I like what they did there. There's, you know, um, as an old graphic design geek, there's always something I, I look at almost any design and say, oh, that's great, but I'd change this one little thing. And, and that's still true, um, here in, in this case, but, but sure. frankly, I think they did a really nice job. Um, you know, Nike's Nike, those guys are pros and they put together some pretty nice stuff for a lot of the teams across the league. I think we are definitely going to hold our own. Um, in, in the look. And I, I expect that they'll probably sell pretty well, especially because I expect, you know, I think the team's going to surprise a few folks this year. And so I think we'll be selling some of those jerseys just by way of both uh, them being new, but also by way of people coming around and going, ah, this is, this is a really fun team to watch. So, Right. And that's, and I think that kind of, that kind of goes hand in hand with, with making the switch to Navy and it kind of being like, it's a new era. You know, we, I always at least, associate the powder blue with Carmelo Anthony and George Carl. Um, and those guys are, those guys are obviously long gone now. Um, so I kind of think like what you're saying, we'll get, we've got this new era. So we'll, we'll catch on some new fans. Um, plus the old people who are, who are just updating their, uh, their outdated Linus Clays Jersey like myself. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we'll be doing. Uh, Kayla, what about you? Were you in favor of going to Navy? Yeah, I think I'm I'm just in favor of the change. I think it's a good idea, um, especially like Mike said. I'm sure we're going to be getting a lot of fans um, in the next couple of years, so it's probably a good time to make that change. Uh, a lot of people right. are probably going to be buying merchandise. Um, I'll, I'll definitely miss the powder blue, especially since it was um, it's what I associate with as far as like when I became a fan. Right. That's what, that's what they were wearing, and I'm looking around my room and I see a lot of powder blue. So, um, but I I'll, I definitely like. I uh, like that there's a change, so I think it's it's exciting. That's, see, that's very true with you, Kayla, right? Because you you were you've only been a fan basically, you know, since um, well, probably since like the beginning of the Mellow era, right? Yeah, I think it was 2003. Right. So, so exactly. So that's um, because this is an interesting thing for to me to think about because for like me and Mike, who were you know we were there in the the 90s and even even the 80s to some extent, at least for myself. Um, Mike, I'm sure, is all the way back to the 50s or whenever this team started. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it. Watch it. But, um, but uh, you know, I, cause I always – I don't think I associate the powder blue with the Nuggets very much at all, which is why for me I was like, yeah, you know, if they go to Navy, that's cool. I actually associate it with the Navy the most um, because I, I, I grew up uh, watching them in the 90s. So that, that is kind of interting. So you, you'd say, Kayla, but you've got some, some – uh, 
a twinge of regret, I guess, for... Yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll miss it a little bit, but I definitely, um, I mean, it's, I'm probably going to have just as fond memories with the navy blue, so. We can only only hope, the the Nuggets, hey, they had a pretty good run in the powder blue, right, so. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me ask you, let me ask you this, do you think they look too similar to the Pacers? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, (laughs) there's similarities there, um, but it's, I, I think it's it's fine. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting when it, the teams play, but um, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel. I think I think yeah. you know uh, the 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 telling moment will be when we're playing one another. We should we should run over to the Pacers blog as well and see how many of them are saying I I can't keep the two teams straight, basically, right? <laughs> right. And if if that's where it's at, then then we'll see. I and and you know who who knows what you know we still got. At least another jersey or two from Nike to roll out this year. Maybe you know, maybe Kayla, you won't be missing the powder blue. Maybe I, I hope that a third jersey. Um, if if I if I had to beg, and and this horse is probably already out of the barn, Nike, but still, um, please go to the powder blue and please don't bring back that butt ugly yellow thing that uh, uh, that in yeah. I, I guess I've given away my opinion there, but yeah, um, that. That'd be nice if we stuck in the in the blues and whites for this year. So. See, I kind of Mike, I'm with you on that. Like, I kind of think for one of these these concept jerseys, what um, what would be really nice is if they basically take that yellow jersey design with the skyline and everything, which is kind of a throwback to the the '80s jerseys. But exactly, just switch up the color scheme, whether it's a powder blue or whether they do something with uh, red and gold and, and navy, like they like the '90s color scheme. I really like the design of that jersey. Other than I will yeah. say this one part I don't like uh, on that yellow jersey. Other than the colors, is I don't I don't really care for the horizontal horizontal striping down the sides. It's kind of like that Marquette look. That yeah. For yeah, great point. And I you know more than anything, just um, and and I think you're where you're at and in a good spot there, Zach is. You know the skyline uh, harkens back to uh, a set of jerseys that uh, a lot of folks remember the Nuggets for in some way, shape, or form, um, right. and. And, and nostalgia sells so much these days for so many people, um, you know, lean into that because the Nuggets need every last bit of that nostalgia they can pull back in, right? Right, right. Well, and also the, uh, the, the rainbow skylines are from the 80s, which like that's, what, that's mm-hmm. what all the millennials are about right now, right? They want to wear everything that was cool in the 80s. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's key marketing right there that we could be. I, you know, I, I, I never thought about it, but um, both of the both of the rainbow skylines already went over blue. It was a dark blue and then a, a mid blue before. Um, right. I'll bet you could. I'll bet you could do a rainbow skyline over powder blue, and I'll bet it would look pretty, pretty awesome it actually. Look so bad, right? The yeah. only the only so the only issue that that might be with the rainbow that we've heard is that I think there's I haven't been able to find the exact rule, but Ryan uh, Ryan Blackburn mentioned this, and I think he's right. It makes sense at least. Um, that, that there's a rule now, and I think it would be four colors is the most any jersey can have on it, which obviously the rainbow has like seven. So that might be that might be why we're not seeing them so far. But I hope they at least in some way adapt that skyline, kind of like um, kind of like what you were saying, Mike. Kayla, what about you on these two? Because the Nike still has these two concept jerseys that are that they're going to reveal at some point. Is there anything you're looking for? Anything you think would be really cool? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. I think the skyline would be would be really cool. Um, I don't know. I, I can't really. Um, I, I I'm not sure. Just anything different. I think I hope it's um, nothing too too similar to what we have now. Just right. I, I like. I'm in for exciting change. But yeah, I think it would be really cool to bring the skyline back. How how great or how mad would you be if the next two jerseys were just like the okay here's the sky blue version again of our jersey or the powder blue version of our jersey again and here's a yellow version of our jersey. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was waiting to see how you wrapped up, but, but yellow. You said yellow, so sorry. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sorry. Nice highlighter yellow, which we always, we always shine in. It's, it's funny. Every time we always would say the, it happened uh, an abnormal amount of times too this year. It was unfortunate. The Nuggets would wear those yellow jerseys, and it seemed like whatever team they were playing against would wear some weird, bright, contrasting color as well. Like the last, like when Wes, Westbrook broke the. Um, Broke Oscar Robertson's record. I believe the Nuggets were wearing their yellow jerseys that night, and the Thunder right. were wearing their orange jerseys. That yeah. Night. Oh. <laughs> it was, <God. laughs> it was like do not a, do not adjust your set, right? Exactly. It's, uh, it looked like God, a bunch of yeah. a bunch of construction workers in safety vests running around out there. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, tell you what, we'll uh, we'll move on to the next topic there. Um, that was a good good one. I think we all we all uh, on the jerseys. It sounds about the same. Where we're happy with the navy and excited to see what else um, they can do. Hopefully, they'll still incorporate the powder blue and, and some of these other jerseys. Um, all right. So moving on, the the national TV schedule came out yesterday. I think we're recording this on Saturday. I think it came out yesterday on Friday. Um, so they, they basically not, not the whole, the whole national TV schedule. Let me, let me rephrase just for the opening week. And of course, Christmas day, which is the banner day in the regular season for, for the NBA, the nuggets do not make, uh, do not make any of those dates. They, they're not on there at once at all. Mike, uh, I mean, is this, should this be expected? Uh, do, do you even care? Um, well, uh, yes and yes to both of those questions. So, so um, sadly, yeah, that's exactly what we should expect. Um, and, and I don't mean that as a slight to the Nuggets. I, I, I love this team and I want to see them progress beyond that. But, um, you know, thinking, thinking of this as the NBA and thinking of this as an NBA marketer, right, you've, you've got to you've got to put games up for those slots, especially that are going on nationally that are going to pull down the most audience. And, and I think what's got the NBA scared about us right now is just looking at uh, the kind of traction that we get both on the web and probably in games watched. Um, you know, when, when you watch us, we're a fun team to watch play and, and that's starting to shift, but I think it's going to take another, another season of that before uh, things, things shift, right. And, and get back to right. something that, uh, maybe maybe people start watching us and talking about us the way you know I think five six years back people were really starting to talk about um, the Warriors and what a fun brand of basketball that was to watch I think I think here we've got a very similar thing going on but right now uh, the numbers just don't support the NBA coming to us and saying we're going to hang our hat on the Nuggets to get us a big crowd right and, and that sucks but it's the way it is so. Right. I would say, I mean, I was definitely not shocked at all about opening week because they, they've got they've got the whole gamut of, of time slots available to them. They've got uh, a whole, you know, it's the full full week worth of days like they can figure out they can make it mix and match. So they get the most uh, the most the biggest, most popular markets, most popular teams. Was I was fifty fifty about whether or not the Nuggets would get a Christmas Day game? They haven't had one probably. I think I want to say it's at least three years, maybe even four. It might have been Brian Shaw's first season was the last time they were on uh, a Christmas Day game. But the thing about the Christmas Day game is, of course, they play five of them in a row. They've got to get some Western teams to kind of finish those those nighttime slots. And so you thought, you know, usually the Lakers or the Warriors um, will be one of those teams, and then you thought, well, maybe the Nuggets will sneak in as the other one. Um, as it turns out, it is the Lakers. They'll play the late night game, but they'll play the Timberwolves instead. Warriors, of course, will play as well, but they'll play earlier because that's going to be the uh, rematch of the finals against Cleveland, which makes sense. I think that's that's what they did last year with that that um, Christmas Day game as well. So I was kind of hoping Christmas. Plus, then we would have got a, probably a cool Christmas Day jersey. Um, I wasn't I wasn't anticipating the. Uh, the opening week, though, at all being one of the Nuggets being one of the teams to get that. What about you, Kayla? Did you think they were going to get on any of the the opening week national TV? Um, I I probably would have wouldn't have thought that we would. Um, so it I mean it's it's still um, it's it's disappointing, but I, I was kind of expecting it, uh, especially since um, you know we didn't make the playoffs last year. But I mean, looking at some of the other teams that made it, like Philadelphia and stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of. Um, I, I don't know. I think we, we could be better than some of those teams, but um, right. yeah, I wasn't. I it's I wasn't expecting it. So right there, there's certainly a uh, a market um, angle to it as well, which is why you see I think teams like Philly, who's obviously a um, uh, they're they're <laughs> they're kind of still. I mean, they're they're at the end of their rebuild probably, but they're still a, a rebuilding team. Might not even make the playoffs, and um, but obviously, I mean, Philly being such a big market. They're gonna they're gonna get them in there. The, a couple of the other ones that I thought were a little bit weird, uh, or, or not weird, but kind of like what you're saying. Maybe the Nuggets could have, were just as deserving. Obviously, the, the Timberwolves uh, will play the Spurs on ESPN on Wednesday of the 18th, which is basically day two of the season. Um, you know, the Nuggets or the Timberwolves, they're fairly similar, right? Teams who miss the playoffs but have a lot of exciting talent, expected to be better. So maybe there the Bucks, uh, same kind of thing. But again, that's that's an early time slot, which you can't really have the Nuggets be in the early time slots. So 
maybe the Pelicans, though the Pelicans have more star power. I don't know. They're, they they could have done something there, I guess. You know, it, it didn't work out. I'm kind of with you, Mike, as, as, and, and you, Kayla, as it was to be expected. Um, still makes me a little bit disappointed. Mike, you touched on this a little bit, but Kayla, I want to get your thoughts on this. What do you think it's going to take for the Nuggets to get back into the national spotlight and be kind of a regular team? It used to be, because remember, it used to be last year, uh, or not last year, obviously, but back in their, their heyday, the Nuggets would almost always be the Wednesday second game of a doubleheader. Um, and it sucked because we all just had to stay up to watch a game that started at 8.45, but <laughs> at least we were relevant. So, Kayla, what do you think? I mean, what is it going to take for them to get back to that? Um, I think it'll either take us being a really good playoff team or um, right. having a player like Jokic that the uh, that the national um, fan base kind of grabs onto. And, um, because, yeah, some, you know, some of the teams, you know, like Minnesota, didn't make the playoffs, but they have a lot of star power. So I think it'll either take um, like a guy like Jokic or, um, I don't know, Gary yes. Harris or Jamal Murray or someone like that. Do you think, like, let me ask you this, do you think the national, how, I mean, how far away is Jokic? Because I think, I think basketball nerds like us that all know and, and, and really appreciate what Jokic does, but what, do you think he's ever going to, or, or how far away, I guess, is he from reaching the national spotlight where they start looking at him as like, hey, yeah, here's a star that we want to put on TV so that we can, we can generate and, and market him? I think he should already be at that point. Um, right. Honestly, so I, I hope it's not going to take too long. I think once the team is is better, I think it'll it'll probably happen. Um, once we make the playoffs, and if we're able to actually win in the playoffs, I think people will start recognizing him for the player he is. Right. See, here's here's kind of why, because I'm, I'm with you on that. And what I think kind of might happen, and, and what because I don't think he's there yet, um, in, not in terms of skill, just in terms of, of recognition. Um, but. What I think will get them there is so the Nuggets make the playoffs and he has one game in one playoff game where you know he gets a triple double and it's something like twenty seven points, eighteen rebounds, and thirteen assists. You know, a big, big night statistically. I think after that, that's that's people when people really start to recognize, hey, this guy is um, this guy is very special. So, um, so I'll turn I'll turn that back around for a second. Say, do you think that we would have gotten a better game in either the opening week or Christmas Day schedule had we made the playoffs last year? Either one of you. Well, the Blazers didn't make it. Didn't I? Don't think got yeah. a game either. So that's and they and they have some more marketable stars. I mean, Damian Lillard, he's on TV all the time and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. Just uh, that's kind of where I'm at too. But I, I, I do think, I think it's a key part of us, you know, making that next step. But I'm not. I don't know if it would have gotten us there this last year. I right. totally agree. It, it definitely feels like they kind of like we they they sat down and they're like, all right, we got to pick one. The Blazers, the Nuggets, or the Timberwolves. Which one do we want? And and it seems like they just went with the Timberwolves. I think because of the um, they, there's you know there's buzz because they picked up Jimmy Butler and and, and whatnot. So, uh, but it feels like that. It feels like like the, the Timberwolves are taking our slots on these on these national. And I I wonder if it was even that altruistic, Zach. I wonder if it was if the decision making process actually went through sort of a you know hey we've got more marketable stars there. My my gut says that probably the decision was made on. Um, on ratings, and yeah. I, I got a feeling that the Timberwolves right now just pull down a little bit higher ratings in their space. You think about um, you know city size and all of the rest, and, and that's certainly the first thing that they're going to go to. And um, you know, I just I don't think there are enough people watching the Nuggets right now, and 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 I would say the Blazers probably lag behind in their town for viewership compared to what it sounds like Minnesota is starting to pick up. Um, I, I think I think they are strictly going for ratings and sales, and and I wish it were different, but that's it's kind of the way they got to play the game. Yeah, and I was I'm trying to pull it up right now. I mean, the Nuggets, if they're not last, they're second to last in terms of um, viewers viewership of their of their games. So maybe you're right. That, that it probably had a huge effect on it. Um, and, yeah. and, and if they're basing it off ratings, it's almost guaranteed the Nuggets aren't going to be one of the teams. Yeah, um, that's it sucks. But, but again, kind of like what, what Kayla uh, was talking about, I think if, if you get a guy like Nikola Jokic who has has some huge games in the playoffs or something like that, then, and, and the Nuggets get into the playoffs and win some games in the playoffs, um, then I think and then I think maybe that, that has a potential to change. Um, okay, so the Nuggets aren't going to be in it. Let me ask you guys this, and then we'll, right after this we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll take a break. Uh, the Christmas Day schedule, here, here it is real quick. You'll start out at noon, which is, these are Eastern time, so I guess Mountain times it would be 10, but whatever. Um, 
first start out, we, we start out with the Sixers. We'll be at the Knicks. Then, of course, you get that rematch between the Cavs and the Warriors. Uh, Wizards and Celtics, that's another playoff rematch. Uh, Rockets and Thunder. And then it wraps up with Timberwolves and Lakers. Uh, Michael, I'll ask you first, which one of those games do you think is, is the, the biggest uh, draw or most exciting? One you're looking forward to. There's, there, there's this great phrase um, that I hear a lot anymore in, in corporate America right now um, where they talk about a nothing burger. And what they mean basically <laughs> is everybody's talking about this, you know, ramping this stuff up and then you go to take a big bite out of whatever it is and there's nothing in the middle, right? And, right. and I think this is exactly the opposite, right? I think that this is... Um, there's five games that day. The three in the middle I find really intriguing. The yep. ones at the top and the bottom. Um, what was it? Knicks and, and Knicks who? Sixers. Knicks and yeah, yeah. Knicks, Knicks, Sixers, and and frankly, Wolves, Lakers. Whatever. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Um, I you know I just there's there's nothing exciting enough about what's going on with any of those four teams. I you know the Wolves are fun and and they did get in. Um, right. Those middle three games are all exciting and great. And frankly, I think out of all of them. Uh, Wizard Celtics really kind of piques my interest just because they they hate each right. other so much and and you know watching Christmas Day just I, I don't I hope there's not a slugfest or anything but I got a feeling um, the the Christmas spirit will not be in play at the Wizard Celtics game uh, that day right. would be yes. would be my take so I'm I'm looking forward to it they will uh, they will not be exchanging gifts uh, with <laughs> exactly the white yeah. 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 <laughs> that will not be happening yeah I'm with you those those three in the middle that's really the meat of it which is usually the case because they they got the again those time constraints. They got to kind of have, uh, pick teams in markets that fit. Uh, you know, most teams on Christmas Day out on the West Coast, you know, that would be an, an 8 a.m. Uh, or even Mountain would be a 9 a.m. Or sorry, I'm terrible at uh, time. It would be 9 a.m. on the West Coast, <laughs> 10 a.m. Uh, uh, in Mountain Time. Obviously, on Christmas Day, that's tough because some people are still waking up. Um, so. Uh, you got that going on, and then at the end of the night, uh, of course, you got to pick teams over on the West Coast, like the Lakers, uh, because people are still awake. So that's that's what happens with those two. I'm with you though in in the in the center there. I kind of like the the Rockets and Thunder as well. I think that'll be. Uh, I think the Thunder are a really intriguing team to watch this year. I think they're going to be very very good. Um, going to be a great game. Right. That'll be a great game. Yeah, all three of those just just gonna be a blast. Exactly, you get to, and it, you, you'll, I, I will say this about the about the first and last games, you do get some interesting rookies, right? You get the number one and number two picks, obviously, with the, the Sixers and the Lakers there. So, could be some interesting stuff. Kayla, what about you? Great point. Any, any one of those games you're looking forward to? Uh, yeah, I think the Rockets and the Thunder. Um, I think I'm I'm gonna be interested in the Thunder with um, with Paul George and how that how that goes and uh, I, hopefully we're going to be competing with them um, right. in the division at that point. So I think that'll add something to it. And yeah, I think that that game will be exciting. And then obviously the rematch with the Warriors and Cavs too, but right. That's true. It's funny is, is we, we, that's just like a side note to us. Oh yeah. And you know, yeah. the, the final rematch or whatever. It's, which is I was going to say that's that's the same, right? I mean, we're we're it, it feels like we're all on the, but isn't it? I mean, isn't it weird that we're all we're all on the same page that there's there's three huge games that day, and out of the ones that we're most excited for, nobody said uh, Cavs Warriors, right? And 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 is it just are are we at that point where it's like, yeah, I, I get it, I'm I'm done, I've seen it so much the last couple of years that. Um, you know, I, I'll I'll watch it, but um, compared to the others, there's a little bit of burnout there for me. You know, yeah. no, I'm with you as well, and it's especially um, I think especially just after this past season where the the Cavs, who were pretty much at full strength, um, just got manhandled. You know, in, in the finals, and, and it wasn't really competitive at all. That with that happening, plus you you got to figure maybe Kyrie's not on the team then, so it's like the Cavs feel like they're falling off, but nobody in the East is really taking their place. So it's like it's even less it's even less appealing to me, I guess, this year because I'm like, okay, well, so we'll see the Cavs get blown out by the Warriors, and then it's a great point. Yeah, it's a great point. All right, we'll tell you what we will. Uh, we'll go ahead. We'll take a break, um, and then when we come back, we will get into. I want to talk about expansion, and then I want to talk about uh, some rookies, and then we'll wrap up the show. So we will be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. 
The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Stiffs here. I want to tell you about one of my favorite artists from right here in Denver, Colorado, and that's Porter Laurie. You're listening to his single, Escape My Skin, right now, and if you're liking what you're hearing, his album, Hell or High Water, is available on iTunes. Also, you can check out his website, porterlaurie.format.com. That's P O R T E R L O R I dot format. Com. Give them a listen. I broke out of every place that tried to keep me in, but I can't escape my can't escape my skin. Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. Uh, my co-hosts today, Mike Olson and Kayla Osby, rounding out our all-green and gold CSU Ram cast. We, uh, we spent the first half talking quite a bit about Panhandler's Pizza. Um, and then after... Sorry, sorry, that was my fault. I, I did that. Yeah. Hey, no, I was, I, was, I was more than happy. Uh, I was more than happy to go down that road with you. Um, but other than that, we talked about, of course, the Nuggets of New Jerseys. And then um, the national TV games that, that got released this week. So we are going to now kind of switch gears a little bit and go into some more kind of just just general stuff. But um, we've talked about expansion teams in the past, but I wanted to get Kayla and Mike's opinions on it. Um, because we know Adam Silver said a few weeks back uh, that expansion is something that, that he thinks eventually will happen. Um, and, of course, Seattle would be a, a place that they would consider. I mean, I think if they expanded and didn't, uh, have Seattle as as the team or one of the teams. I think there would probably be a riot. But um, we also did uh, <laughs> we also did a uh, a, a mock draft on SB Nation where basically all the different SB Nation sites, the different team sites, picked eight of their own players to protect, and then the SB Nation between the SB Nation um, home site and then the Sonics Rising SB Nation site, they did they both drafted a team. So there was two new expansion teams based off of a pool that was put together by the rest of the um, by the rest of the entire network. So it's a pretty cool thing, pretty big collaboration. You'll want to check it out uh, over on SBNation.com or Sonics Rising. Either one will get you there or at DenverStiffs.com as well. Um, so anyways, let's, let's dive into the, the idea of expansion. Um, like I said, everybody kind of knows Seattle is going to be one of the places that the NBA would expand to. It would be, it would be crazy for them not to. Um, Kayla, other than other than Seattle, let's say like because they'll probably have to add two teams, right? One for each conference. Other than Seattle, where would you think they might look to put another team? Um, I don't, well, this would this would probably I mean this would be in the same conference, but I, I think Las Vegas 
um, right. I think would have to be probably be in consideration. Because I remember when the, the All-Star game was there a few years ago, a lot of people were talking about that. Um, and I think it'd be cool to have a team there. Um, you know, if, right. if you're in Vegas for the weekend, it'd be cool to, to catch an NBA game. So. Plus, you know they they're um uh, they they've got a hockey team now, so they've got an arena that could they could house um, a basketball team as well. Um, and the Raiders are coming, so it's it's everybody's kind of moving to Vegas. And I think you're right. I would I would say Vegas is probably I would think my the first spot I would think of. And it's okay that it would also be in the Western Conference because you got teams like Memphis or Minnesota or even New Orleans who are pretty far east um, in terms of being in the Western Conference. Memphis is is probably the furthest east. They might actually who, who are who are not west basically right right, right yeah. exactly exactly so you could That's you true. could move one of them into the other conference um, and then I think you would you'd be all right there. What about you, Mike? Would uh, would you say Vegas as well, or is there another city you might think? You know, I mean, I I I definitely it's funny. Um, Kayla said that, and I, I literally uh, I, I hope the me slapping myself on the forehead didn't come through on the audio but um of of course vegas makes a ton of sense and and i love that idea just from the perspective uh, you know for all the reasons kayla said I, I really smart um you know teams teams are moving there things are growing there i i've always wondered about you know the vegas fan base for exactly the reason that you guys are talking about you know it's it you know, it's a big city, um, and and UNLV oh, and some of those teams have always had a lot of a lot of stuff going on. But you you wonder how much of the games won't actually be attended by um, you know tourists, and what sort of fluctuation that brings into the mix. Right. Um, you know, one of the, one of the other places I'd really love to see a team just thinking about um, basketball hungry places, places that really uh, freak out about basketball all year round. Um, you know, Indiana has proven that they can they can do the college and pro thing and support both really heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and wanting something further east to kind of balance this out, I'd, I'd be really interested in seeing a pro team in either um, I, I, my first, my, I've got so many friends in Kentucky. I would, yep. I would love to see a pro team in Kentucky, but you know, um, I, I, you know, North Carolina has, has, uh, had a spotty, uh, back and forth with, with teams that way as well. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, but, but yeah, I think Kentucky, I'd, I'd give Kentucky the first crack and I've got a feeling that you put a team somewhere in around the, the, you know, Louisville area or something like that. Um, I, I think they'd be well supported and, and would do really interesting stuff and, and would have a fan base immediately just based on how much those folks love hoops down there. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. That would be the, the next team I would bring up or next city I'd bring up too would be Louisville. Um, because you're right they're they're very basketball hungry. And uh, I mean, they had an ABA team, they had the Kentucky Colonels, um, way back yeah. when, and they did they they did just fine in, in that arena. And it's not like um, uh, the Louisville Cardinals or the the Kentucky Wildcats weren't a thing back then either. So um, they 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 proved that they could they could support a pro team. You're also in Louisville. I mean, you're you're not far off from Lexington. Uh, you're not far off from Cincinnati. Uh, exactly. So there's 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 a pretty large um, population base to draw from right there. And Louisville's I mean Louisville's not a small city in its own right it's over a million people so um, that's a great point i mean you you think about how many people in say like wyoming and new mexico gravitate towards the nuggets or or you know some towards the jazz but you're you're right um you know having a team sort of placed locally and and um god i'd have to go back and think about this geographically zach but uh it's it's a great point because you plop something down in the middle of what i when i think about it is kind of the biggest whole geographically for right. basketball in the country right now right so that makes a lot of sense right yeah because i mean the only other holes are you know i mean north of north of colorado which i mean there's maybe about one million people altogether between idaho montana and wyoming and all that so yeah i don't i don't think north dakota and south dakota are necessarily <laughs> ready for for an, I, sorry guys yeah. I, if if you're listening in my apologies but you you may not be my first choice for not NBA quite team. Quite ready for the Bismarck Barons. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe next year. Um, yeah. Kayla, let me ask you this: Do you does it someone feel like okay, expansion is going to happen for the sake of expansion? We got to get a team in Seattle. Do you think it would it would dilute the league, or or are you in favor of just expansion overall? Um, I think it would be in favor. I mean, there might be some some consequences that I just can't think of right now but I don't think it would I don't think it would be bad to to add um like one team for each conference um right. I mean it 
I don't know. I mean, this, this, the expansion thing is really interesting to me because, um, I don't know when was the last one. It wasn't, I think it was before I started. It would have been, uh, Charlotte. Oh, the the Bobcats. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was before I, um, started watching the NBA. So I think it would be really interesting actually to, to see that and see how that all played out. So, um, I don't think it would be, I don't think it would dilute the league. Let me see. I'm trying to check right now. Charlotte Bobcats. I think I want to say. I'm pretty sure you're right, man. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. It was 2000, 2002 was when the last, the end of the Hornets. Yeah, so 2004. So it would have been, yeah, right when you started watching. Oh, okay. It was, the, it was when the Bobcats came back in. Um, and then before that was the uh, Grizzlies and the uh, Raptors in the 90s. You know. And 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 I I think I think Kayla makes a great point. I you know mathematically of course it dilutes the league right. I mean it, right. it so you you have to spread more players. more players out right exactly to more spots. But but by the same token you think about the way um, the league has grown from an international perspective and how many more international players have come in and flooded the market and really you know kind of kind of changed even the nature of the game to a degree and and there's so many more players available now than there were you know good god what's that 15 years ago right, right. um that that uh the the thought of adding 30 more capable guys into the mix it doesn't really seem like that big a stretch and so dilution you know you talk about this in terms of uh, you know this is an argument for for football and baseball but those are guys that have to assemble you know they've got to assemble squads of these huge rosters right um you know basketball really has to assemble you know 14 15 guys and ended that um you know really 10 to 12 of them need to be uh, great, right? Or, or, or on par with, with the rest of the league. Um, you know, finding, finding 20 to 24 guys for a couple more teams, um, to keep pulling more fans into the sport as a whole seems really highly achievable at this point. Absolutely. And the other thing too, is that they've added these two, it's actually, so I mean, there's actually 17 roster spots right now and you've got these new two-way contracts and, um, almost every team, uh, save for the Nuggets, of course, and a few other, but almost every other team has a has their own dedicated D League team now. And I think with that that focus in the D League as well as the the, the uh, what we've seen internationally, there's there's a better system to develop players um, outside of the NBA or or to to bolster the talent pool before it really gets out onto an NBA court, that I don't think you'll have as big of those dilution issues because maybe for a little bit, but you've got enough of, of a system set up now to where you can develop these guys at lower levels to where you know you can take on guys who maybe you wouldn't have in the past, but now you said, yeah, we can take that guy on because we can send him down to Sioux Falls or wherever and um, let him play for play for one season and then next year from what we're able to teach him because he's in our system and he's working as a, as a pro for an NBA team uh, next year we should hopefully see some quite a bit of improvement in his play uh, and then we can bring him up I think that helps you know overall the quality of basketball to where it, it helps counteract uh, this idea of dilution because there was I mean I mean after the the Hornets and Grizzlies uh, not the Hornets and Grizzlies, the Raptors and Grizzlies, and then I think it was maybe you know a few years, maybe seven or so years after that, the um, then they bring in the the Bobcats. There was, I mean, there was a time where we really did kind of see in the, that late '90s, early 2000s era where it was, I mean, there was you had guys like Eddie Jones making All Star teams because yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was getting thin at that point in time. But I, I do think, I mean, I think. We're, we've changed the nature of that so much. And, and, you know, I, I hadn't thought about a lot of what you're saying there, Zach, but you know, um, you, you think about it in terms of where each of the major sports intend for themselves to try to go. They all, they all want to take over more audience share. They all want to grow more. And, and, um, at, the words coming from somebody who is terribly biased towards basketball already and, and will admit so, but, um, you know, I'm not sure there's any league out there in the pros uh, that's doing it better than the NBA in terms of trying to grow their game nationally amongst right. a fan base and trying to grow their game internationally right now. And and they really, um, you know, from from a biased person's perspective, they're making a lot of smart steps in in continuing to pull down that audience. So right, yeah, absolutely, and I think. Um... Uh, I, I would agree with you 100%, Mike. I, I think there's nobody, especially internationally, um, making such an effort. Obviously, obviously, soccer has a bigger international following, but they've already oh, got God. it. Yes, you know, absolutely. Already, already yeah. 
So yeah, um, I, I don't think there's anybody out there who's making as good of an effort and making as big of a headway, uh, expanding the interest in their leagues internationally yeah. than, than basketball. So I'm with you on that. All right, one more thing on expansion. I'll, I'll go to you, Kayla. I'll ask you this first. So we we kind of like I said, all the all the different sites had to protect eight of their players. What what the Stiffs ended up protecting was to me five of them are very very obvious. Um, Jokic, obviously, Paul Millsap, uh, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Wancho Gomos. Those five, I think nobody would argue. Uh, the next two that we protected, I think there's some argument because you don't know how they are in terms of long-term plans, uh, but we protected Wilson Chandler and Will Barton. And then the very last one, which I thought was the hardest to pick, was the eighth guy. We, uh, we ended up going with Emmanuel Moutier. Kayla, you personally, would you have changed any of those? Is there somebody else maybe over Moutier or even Barton or Chandler that you would have liked the, to see protected? Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think it's always a good idea to protect uh, players, you know, young players that um, could turn out to be really good. So I, I definitely agree with protecting Emmanuel Moutier. Um, I don't know. I'm uh, trying to think. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe Kenneth Freed. I mean, I, I don't know about like this season because we, we have, you know, a lot of power forwards going on, but I, I right. kind of like how he fits into this team right now. So, um, but yeah, right. I think, I think I, I agree for the most part with, with all of those. Right. And so the interesting thing, Freed, of course, one of the guys that was not protected, he was, uh, he was snatched up, I think within one of the first few picks, um, ended up he was one of the first guys to come off the board because uh, you're right he he's a guy who you would think in normal circumstances because he's not that old he's what like 28 uh you know he's he's got a, a market value contract he's still got two years left on it uh he plays really well next to Nikola Jokic he's great energy guy off the bench he's shown he, he's capable of starting that's typically a guy you would you would almost always protect but because the Nuggets have like 25 different power forwards on their roster you know they have to let one of these one of these guys go, so that's why um, Free doesn't end up getting protected. I think it's the same reason why you know you don't protect a guy like Trey Lyles, um, who also was another guy who got snatched up in the in the in the expansion draft, um, because you're like, well, if they you know, we, realistically, with the only power forward that we protected was Paul Millsap, but you figure they're not going to take uh, Fareed, Lyles, Lydon, Arthur, all of them, you know, so somebody will still come back. Um, but I, 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 for me, it really came down to Moutier or Lyles because of what you were saying. Um, upside, youth. I mean, Lyles is the same as Moutier. It's, he's going into his third year. He's he's 21. He's uh, struggled a bit, obviously, but it's still high upside. So that that's where my debate came down. I, I like you sided with Moutier just because of kind of the positional thing. What about you, Mike? Would you have would you have agreed with us, or was there somebody else you thought should have been protected? Uh, Jameer Nelson, I would have protected. <laughs> right. uh, kidding, sorry. Uh, no, I. You know, um, it. You're you're right. I mean, those last few when it gets that that kind of gray area ish, um, it, it's it's tough to say. I, I I probably would have stuck with the same set of guys just from the perspective of do I do I feel like long term we've got a better chance of Emmanuel Moutier working out and being a better backup or Trey Lyles working right. out and being a better backup right um I, I and 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 the reason that um you know Zach you and I've talked about this a little too much but um I I I would have loved to have protected Fareed because of what he does still bring to the team you know right. and and how he does play with us but but Sadly, um, he's he's such a specific guy, and he plays so much better with Jokic and with Millsap coming into the picture. That's just not going to be where Fareed gets the bulk of his minutes, and we're gonna possibly we we're, we're standing a risk of going back to um, you know the Fareed that everybody was like, please get him out of here, right? right. Because now he's not clicking with that. Uh, second squad so it you know um, I, I don't think I would have made any changes it it kind of felt like it's it's sad to me that it kind of got to the point that it was just so obvious those first five are so obvious right, right. and then the next three just kind of work their way into well yeah I guess right and 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 each of those decisions just kind of worked their way down to okay that that makes the most sense and whatever happens from there happens and and I 
I guess I'd just rather have a list of eight guys that I'm like, you don't touch any of those guys, right? right. And and that's where that's where I wish we'd been when we were having the conversation. Right. Yeah. It would it would have made it for a lot easier. I thought it was really really difficult. Um. I I thought the first seven were were easy at least when I was I was thinking about it because I I didn't really think twice about uh, Chandler or Barton, but I thought some of our commenters brought up some good points that, hey, both those guys are, are going to be on expiring deals. or, or Well, I mean, Chandler's got a player option, but um, he'd be fairly uh, fairly crazy not to not to opt out and, and lock in extra years while he still can. But right. so, you know, that that there were some arguments, well, you know, maybe you, you forget about those two guys and, you know, instead of Barton, you protect uh, a guy like Malik Beasley, um, who seems to be the heir apparent to, uh, to Barton's position or you maybe lock in a guy like uh, a Trey Lyles or a Tyler Lydon, another another young guy um, who you can who you can see on your team long term. I thought it was an interesting argument. It is. It's it's a great point. I you know I didn't even think about that, but I um God, I, I should have been looking at the roster as we talked about all this. I, I yeah, so in retrospect, I would absolutely um, I, I I know the difference in what their current output is, but I would absolutely protect Beasley over Barton. I, I I like Barton. I think he brings a lot of great things to us, and I think you know he's he's a he's always a candidate for a sixth man type of a guy. Um, right. But but I also think that if there's anybody's game that doesn't necessarily exactly click into what it looks like we're trying to do from a you know uh, sharing perspective, um, Barton Barton is also that guy, and and so. Yeah, I, that's a good point. I think I think I'd uh, probably done Beasley over Barton in that in that look. Yeah, and I could I could probably live with that too. Like um, Barton, I'd say Barton more so than Chandler because the other thing, the thing that I come back to or my counter argument to it is, you just spent ninety million dollars on Paul Millsap. You're not <laughs> you're not doing that so that uh, he can you know help develop the young guys and um, hopefully we can sniff a playoff spot. Like you're you're in a somewhat in a win now moment. You're in a I, I'll, I'll coin the John Elway phrase. You're in a, a win from now on uh, moment, but you're but you're definitely still trying to win now, and that's that's definitely what the move with for Millsap says. Uh, I don't think you if you let Wilson Chandler go, uh, he's definitely. I mean, if you're not protecting Wilson Chandler, he's definitely going to be one of the guys taken. Um, yeah, and then what do you? Well, do? And I and I think I think you protect. Out? Yeah, and that's and that's a great point, Zach. I think I think you protect Chandler for sure in that scenario, but. Um, and and I think I think it's a great argument. But if you played, I mean, next season and and as seasoned as they both are, or unseasoned as one of them is, if you played, if you played Beasley and Barton equal minutes, and and you wouldn't. But if they if they each got equal minutes next season, you know what? How much of Barton's production would Beasley give you from a percentage perspective? And my gut says somewhere in the like. In, you know, halfway through the season, you're getting about 75% out of Beasley, what you were getting out of Barton. Right. Yeah, I think I can, that's I can fair. live with that, you me, know. Me too. So. And I think, and you also, it's in which Barton are you getting? You know, that Barton's a exactly. streaky yeah. guy. So, um, yeah. and, and not to say that Beasley's not, but um, I think, you know, I think he might be a little bit more, uh, more even in terms of performance night in, night out, even if overall it's not quite as, um, quite as effective as Barton would be. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's tell you what we're going. To, we're going to get into the final segment of the pod. We're looking pretty good on time here. So uh, the rookies are in uh, in. I think it's New York. I don't know. I I did terrible research for this portion of the podcast. To be honest, <laughs> uh, it's it's essentially based off of one uh, one photo on Twitter. But um, all the rookies are are together for the the rookie transition um, conference. We'll just call it that. And they uh, they are you know taking photos and interviews and I think they they, they talk about um, you know talk about with vets and stuff and former players about how to succeed how to help manage the lifestyle of a professional uh, athlete all that kind of stuff so it got us it got me thinking at least about about our rookies specifically um, because the you know Tyler Lydon was one of the guys he's out there um, Kayla what. It, should we expect anything from Tyler Lydon this season, or should we just basically expect him to ride the bench the entire time? Um, I mean, I, I'm expecting him to to ride the bench most of the time. I mean, because yeah. if if he's getting playing time, that that means that um, Fareed or Plumlee or Millsap or Joel Arthur, any one of those for our other 23 power forwards. Yeah, yeah. So I, if he does get serious playing time, that um, I, I, yeah, that's that's probably going to be bad news in the in the end but um yeah i'm not i'm not really expecting anything from him just because i don't think he's going to play much 
right? And that's uh, to me, I kind of look at it. It's like, well, I mean, you know, you think, well, maybe he comes out. I mean, he wasn't great in summer league, but maybe he comes out and he really lights the world on fire uh, in training camp or preseason or something like that. But you're like, you have to wonder, like, man, especially if Fareed's still on the roster, like, it's hard to imagine him lighting the world that much on fire, you know, to where he's going to take a guy, a guy like Kenneth Freed, who who could start on a lot of teams in the NBA. It's hard to imagine him taking his role uh, no matter what he does. Mike, what about you? Any any hope for Tyler Lydon this season? I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't terribly thrilled with that pick anyway. Um, I, everything I've seen in interviews, he seems, he seems like a really nice, smart kid who's, who's got his head on straight. And I, and I think he's going to try like crazy. And, and I hope, uh, frankly, uh, jumps my expectations of, of what we're going to get out of him. I, I just, I don't think that his game necessarily translates perfectly to the NBA from a, you know, a size and skills perspective. Right. I, I hope I'm wrong, but, um, yeah, I'd, I'll, I'll go back to the nothing burger. I, I just didn't, that wasn't much for me on that pick. So I, I don't have high hopes there, sadly. Sorry, sorry, Tyler. Right. I think, well, I think it, it comes down to kind of, you know, when they made that pick, you were confused because they just traded for Trey Lyles. And you're like, well, this is kind of the exact same player you just you just traded for. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I, and but, like, but a couple of years younger. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I think, um, uh, is he even a couple of years younger? When I think about it, oh, that's true. I didn't think about that because oh, I didn't even think about that because Lyles came out early. God dang. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's, I didn't think you could make that any worse for me, Zach. Thank you. That was, that's, that's perfect. I, I'm just here to ruin your day. That's all. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah. So, send, me, send me a picture from Panhandlers later and you'll, you'll totally ruin you it. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. There you go. I'll send you a picture the day after they close. That'll really... Oh, uh, you bastard. It's, uh, can I say bastard on the podcast? Yeah, I, yeah of course. Okay, there's yeah, no, all right, no there we go. Here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, I mean, uh, to me, like, unless they unless they make a lot of moves where they get rid of Fareed and Lyles, basically, because Fareed and Lyles are both ahead of them, I could see him taking over Darrell Arthur because you never know how how, uh, how much we can rely on DA's knees anymore. Uh, so I could see him passing him, but unless they get rid of Fareed and Lyles, I don't see any way Leiden gets on the court. So I'm with... I'm with both of you on that. Hey, let me ask you about guys about this. Michael, I'll go to you first. This is a guy, of course, we should probably not expect. I don't think anybody expects to get on the court. Um, but we'll spend a lot of time in the D-League. I want to say, what are your expectations for Monty Morris this year? Because I don't think it's uh, it shouldn't be high. Um, do you think, I guess let me ask you this. Do you think he's a guy who could, you know, with some time in the D-League um, and, and, and with some development, do you think he's a guy who could end up being an impact player on, a, on an NBA roster? I absolutely do, and and uh, and frankly, I, I have a funny feeling that um, Emmanuel Mudiay does not have the greatest season this year. It would not surprise me a bit, and and I, I may be just yanking this out of somewhere uncomfortable, but um, it I think Monty Morris will be our our third guy mm-hmm. uh, by the end of this next season, and I and I think that just the way he plays, especially with you know some experience in the D League early on. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got a game that translates to the pros, not only now, but for a very long time. And he seems to be one of those guys that just wants to improve and improve. And, and his base skill set is one of those things that every team wants, right? You, you right. just, you don't turn the ball over, you got a chance at winning games and he's that guy. So absolutely. That's uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Mike. I think, um, I think he's got a good shot at oh boy, third Third point guard this year. It could happen because it could happen one of two ways. Either um, either something doesn't work out with Moutier um, or Jameer Nelson. Jameer Nelson to me is one of these guys who it's like I don't I don't know that uh, I mean he's going to have a chance uh, as as much as Moutier and Murray to earn a spot in training camp. But I think the Nuggets in in the Nuggets ideal world, um, Murray and Moutier win those spots because those are the young guys who they they want to go into the future with. Um, yeah, and so Jameer because even if because sorry because even if Murray pulls his groin on both sides, um, Morris still doesn't get a spot, right? So right. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah, right. sorry, Jameer. Yeah, so exactly. So Jameer uh, is one of those guys who might um, who might not end up playing much for the Nuggets, but a team a team who's pushing a team like a Cleveland, uh, who knows yeah. what they're going to do at point guard, uh, who's pushing to still be obviously make a finals appearance, make a finals run. They might want to trade something. I mean, it won't be much, maybe a second round pick, but 
they might want to trade something for a guy like Jameer sometime early in the season or even a trade deadline um, to try and help him out. So I can see that happening and then and then Monty Morris becoming um, the third point guard that way as well. I think it could go either way. Uh, Caleb, what about you? What do you think? Uh, what do you think Monty's ultimate ultimate fate will be with the Nuggets? Uh, yeah, I think I, I agree completely with Mike. I think it depends entirely on Moutier. Um, I think if Moutier makes a big jump this season, then I yeah, I don't think there's any chance for, for Monty Morris. And if he does have a big part in an NBA team, it's not going to be with the Nuggets. But if Moutier right. ends up kind of like he did last season, then um, I think he could definitely plug into that, plug into that spot yeah, pretty easily. It's a, and it is a great point, you're right, because, I mean, if Moutier and Murray work out, well, there you go. They're, I mean, they're, what, 21 and 20 years old. That's yeah. You're hoping those guys are, at least for the next you know, six to eight years, anchoring down anchoring down your point guard position. So you're right, there's, there's like, just just by, by pure logistics alone, there's no way that Morris would probably um, break it in. So, you're, yeah, it could, I mean, he could always be the emergency third point guard and be, like, yeah. the 15th guy on the bench. But mm-hmm. I think I think in our context we're trying to, you know, discover if he actually like I said it could be an impactful um player so that's a great point it, it, I th- i'm with both of you on that it's going to come down to moutier uh, more likely than anything all right so let's we'll wrap it up with this uh one more thing on rookies rookie of the year i think it's an interesting uh an interesting debate um ashley or not ashley kayla i'll, I'll ask you first uh who would you who's your who's your money on right now for rookie of the year uh, I, I would say um, Lonzo Ball just because I think he has the most hype and um, I think he can make a big impact on, on the Lakers and I think uh, what rookie makes the biggest impact on the team is, is probably going to end up being the rookie of the year. So I, I think he's going to have a really great season as far as stats go. So I think that's going to be a, a big reason as well. Right. Yeah, and he's got he's got all the ingredients to become the um, to or to get the rookie of the year award because, like you said, he's he's in L.A. So he'll get lots of exposure there. He'll get he's got national TV games in the first uh, first week of the season or, or on Christmas Day. Um, you know, there'll be plenty of writers, of course, vote on these things. Everybody will tune in and watch. Um, and he'll get plenty of playing time. That's obviously the biggest key uh, to rookie of the year. Often is it not so much the guys who are the most talented; it's just the ones who get the most playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lonzo, Lonzo is not going to be short on any of that. Mike, are you kind of in agreement, or are you, you thinking Lonzo is the best bet for rookie of the year? Or you got somebody else? I, you know, I I want Kayla to be wrong in this case, <laughs> um, but but her her case is unimpeachable. She's she's absolutely right. Um, I and and the reason I want you to be wrong, Kayla, is I just God I. Uh, I'm I'm such a people person, and I cannot stand Lonzo's dad. He makes me no, I, out of my mind. Yeah, I want to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, <laughs> but um, it it is absolutely Lonzo's uh, award to lose in my mind's eye because of all of the reasons you guys listed. He's he's in a he's in a high media spot. He's a high impact, high attention sort of a guy, right? He he had a ton of attention before he ever played an NBA game. Right. Um, and, and so sadly, the guy, the other guy that I think is going to be a huge impact guy, but he's going to be a huge impact guy on the wrong end of the floor. I think, I think Josh Jackson yeah. um, would, would have all kinds of chances at this. If um, any voter cared about defense a right. tenth as much as they cared about offense. Um, but that's that's just not the way it's gonna work out in my mind's eye. I think I think Lonzo barring um injury, accident, or um complete and total meltdown from the unbelievable pressure his ding dong father is putting on him, uh is is gonna win that award. Running okay. away. There you go. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a name that not a lot of people are talking about because when you think of rookies, this guy probably does not come to mind. Though he is going to technically be a rookie, uh, that would be Milos hmm. Teodosic from ah. from Serbia. He's right. He's 31 years old or 30. He'll be uh, he'll be 31 by the time the season's over next year. Um, but he's a rook. But he yeah. is technically a rookie. But I mean, I look at him and I'm like, well, that's a guy who's NBA ready. I mean, he's he's a. They're not bringing him over to develop him. They're bringing him over to play right now. Um, Chris Paul is obviously now in Houston, so you gotta you gotta imagine Teodosic will be the. Uh, starting point guard, and you know he's got all these. He's got Gallinari, uh, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. That's a that's a pretty good group of guys to just rack up ten to fifteen assists a night. So 
So I don't I don't think we're going to be able to find this while we're still sitting here, but um, that would that would be like the greatest uh, Hallmark slash Lifetime movie ever. The the oldest rookie of the year, right? Well, who's up up till now? Who's the oldest rookie of the year, right? Um, it, they can't have been thirty one for sure. So yeah, right. That's interesting. Some guy that's from a good, the seventies or something. <laughs> that's a, that's that's an interesting take, Zach. I like it. Right. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make it easier because I think I think I also agree with you guys. I think Lonzo Ball's got a great shot at it as well. So, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe something a little bit different. Maybe, maybe Teddy Dosage gets it because like I said, just cause he is, he is, is, I think as NBA ready as anybody. Um, in terms oh my gosh. Of yes. So yeah, he's going to be fun. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's a man, there's a lot of Serbians who really wanted him to, um, obviously wanted him to come play with Jokic here, but, uh, not in the cards. All right, so that is, uh, we'll go ahead, we'll wrap it up. We're right at one hour right now, so that, uh, that worked out perfectly. Um, so Kayla is, you are at Nugget Chica, correct? Yes, that's correct. Great. And Mike is at Visible Mike. Um, yep. I am at Zach Mikosh. Like I said, also check us out at Denver Stiffs. So of course, these are all Twitter handles. Um, at the, not at Denver Stiffs, but at the Denver Stiffs on Instagram. Um, and go ahead and follow us on Facebook. Facebook, if you guys manage to make it all the way through the pod as a, as a, as a reward, you'll get this juicy tidbit. Uh, we're going to start here very soon doing a portion of this podcast live on Facebook, and it's going to be an interactive portion um, with you guys. We'll, we'll get so we'll start up with a mailbag, um, so we have some questions to answer right as we as we go live, and then uh, we'll just kind of take questions right off of our Facebook live feed as well, and then we'll add that that segment into the whole podcast that we put out each week. So um, that's your that's your little insider tidbit. If you made it all the way through the end of our podcast, be on the lookout for that. Um, we want to make it more interactive with you guys. I'm really excited about it. So um, Very cool. All right. Very cool. Mike, uh, Kayla, appreciate it as always. Yeah, Thank you both. Yep. This was fun. Yep, thanks for having me on again. We will talk to you guys next week. Go Nuggets. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.